Hello everyone. So, for last week's release, I erroneously stated that the next episode would occur today on July 4th. I just read the schedule wrong, and I didn't want to be dishonest or re-upload the episode, so we'll be releasing this episode at 64.5 today, which was teased after the outro of episode 64. As you've noticed, Schmidt has been absent from many of the sessions after episode 60 due to real-life complications resulting in schedule conflicts. Schmidt's absence conveniently fit in well with the narrative, as considering the unusual legal arc the story turned that I didn't anticipate, but we do miss him greatly. Thankfully, I was able to sit down with Jacob and record a short interlude of what Schmidt is experiencing after saving the life of Alex Carpenter, the mysterious boy with the Litwick who was found lost at sea. I was planning to intersperse little snippets of the sequence throughout the next several episodes, but I decided that since I flubbed the schedule in the last recording, that I may release it all at once. The Quackalist members of the Quackopaco will begin fighting for their second-to-last gym badge next Tuesday, and we are hopeful that Jacob will be able to rejoin the Paco when those conclude. We thank you so much for your support of the podcast and for supporting Jacob when life had thrown some challenges his way. Please enjoy episode 64.5, Schmidt's Dream. The last thing that you remember is riding aboard the Quacko Paco's rented sailboat, D's Nuts, speedily careening atop hundreds of corsola towards a portal in a two-story Duford Town family home. Witnessing the panic of your party members now become friends, you reactively make the honorable decision to protect the most vulnerable individual on the ship, the unusual child named Alex. As D's Nuts crashes into the domicile, you leap in front of Alex, protecting him from the ship's mast that, after colliding with the roof of the home from within the inside, snaps and is forced downwards directly onto Schmidt's back and left side. After the sound of crashing and wood splintering and the screams of your friends, your vision fades. Your eyes reopen, and it's a sunny weekend afternoon on Route 34 of the Johto region, just south of glistening Goldenrod City. It's a Saturday, and you have the weekend off from school. You're eagerly running down towards Ilex Forest, the mysterious and sacred woods that separates Goldenrod from Azalea Town. A whimsical pink bulldog creature leaps from the grass and chomps at your ankles, playfully, narrowly missing your brand new white and sky blue shoes that your mom bought you for, for you yesterday. Pink and green cottonweed Pokemon are floating northwards in the sea breeze, contrasting the perfectly blue sky. The eccentric elderly couple who runs the daycare shouts out to you in friendly recognition. Slow down, Schmidt. You might trip if you're not careful. With smiles on their faces. Why is Schmidt running to Ilex Forest? Dog, what? I don't know. <laughs> you can make a roll if you want, and I can determine for you. Unless you have uh, something. You can also make other checks. Be like, what the fuck is going on, <laughs> if you want. I just randomly threw out a d20 and I crit, so I'm gonna go with that. Uh, okay, do you, do you want to assign it to a, a specific check, or for motivation? Uh, shit, dude. Why would Schmidt be running to the forest? Why would Baby Boy Schmidt? I really can't think of it because Schmidt doesn't like Pokemon by this point, though, right? Yeah, not to my knowledge. I mean, that's you. That's your RP, but yeah. So hmm, I don't know. It's hard to like think of a reason. Like, what would be in a forest? I definitely like jumped it on you too. So yeah, <laughs> uh, you can take your time or uh, refrain or do whatever you want. Doesn't really matter. Uh. You know what? Let's just say he was just trying to like get away from home. Like yeah. he wanted to get away from like the gym leader situation, so he's just going. Yeah, that's fair. This is probably either the closest and or the most interesting natural space that's outside of the urban city. So I think mm -hmm. that's a good enough a reason for baby boy Schmidt to be going anywhere. Schmidt wanders through the threshold that separates Route 34 from Alex Forest, and he finds himself 
deep in the dark, shrouded woods. It is the middle of the day, but the tree cover is so dense that it's a little dark. Um, there are cute bug Pokemon scurrying about, and uh, a couple oddish among the trees are peering at Schmidt cautiously as he comes in to play. Uh, does Schmidt have anything particular in mind anywhere he wants to go? Um, has Schmidt been in this forest before? I will say canonically Schmidt likely has. Um, yeah. Base, I, w- I will offer some in- intel here. Um, there is a little pond. That's very pleasant and calming. That's what I was thinking of, um, yeah. He was just going to go out and hang out there. Okay, yeah. Um, it's also known that it's like a very protected and kind of sacred forest. And um, woodworkers from Azalea Town will often come through. And they are permitted to kind of grow and chop down very specific trees uh, for generations for their for their wood. And yeah, so Schmidt's going to go hang out in the pond. Yeah. Okay. Not like in the pond, but like sure, around sure, the buy pond, it. you know? <laughs> buy it, yeah um skip rocks or something yeah you are absolutely welcome to do such a thing uh roll roll a dexterity for skipping a rock okay so do we want to add schmidt's current dex modifier or do we want to make something up since he's a little baby boy uh what do you i just will do? say i don't know if i've shared this with you but in my head schmidt's a little uh baby schmidt's a little portly yeah, like no, he, it might he had too, some weight on him. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, yeah he, he has a little weight on him. Yeah, and so that's kind of like he got a little complex about it. That's why he's like so obsessed with his body now. You know? Okay, yeah, sure. Undoes the shirt a little bit because he <laughs> looks good, but he hasn't always. You know? You know? <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, yeah, you can. Uh, I think a child would at most probably have a ten score, which would just be plus zero. So you can just roll it. Yeah. Just a flat eleven, then. Yeah, I think so. Oh, is that what you yeah. rolled? Yeah. Yeah um chip spip what i can't talk schmidt (laughs) uh schmidt skips a rock and uh it it bounces kind of gently on the on the surface of the pond the ripples are very pleasant uh the trees overhead that are casting the reflection of the ripples create a really nice little sensation um have schmidt kind of hears like a, a strange sound after the rock settles into the pond roll a quick perception probably with no bonuses Ooh, that was an 18. 18's pretty high. Schmidt sees uh, out of the corner of his eye just like a vi- an incredibly f- quickly moving uh, flash of bright green light. And then as he refocuses his attention after being distracted by that, it is now evening uh, in Ilex Forest. Even though the, cloud co- or the, the tree cover is immense, he can peer up through the branches and see that it's probably dinner time that he probably needs to start going home. Mom is so going to kill me. <laughs> Are are you gonna head home? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. Um, you do that. You're running by. Uh, it's it's definitely dark out. It's not like midnight, but it's it's a little late. It's it's a little late. Mom might be starting to be worried. Um, the daycare couple are not outside their home, and instead, standing by, there is a policeman with a flashlight and uh, and a dog Pokemon, a red dog Pokemon, just kind of peering around. Uh, he's gonna make a roll. Yeah, he sees you and he says, you better hurry home, kid. It's getting dark out here. Do you say anything back to him? Yes, officer. <laughs> Perfect. You make your way back to, to your pretty nice home. Uh, your mother is a gym leader, so she makes pretty decent uh, income, uh, even despite being a single mother. And you walk in and she says, Schmidt, where have you been? I was starting to get worried about you. Walking around the forest, whatever. Perfect. 
Uh, she says, well, no bother now. I'm glad you're home safe. Here, have some dinner. And she seats you down at the table and prepares you a serving. Um, she sets down a plate for you, and it looks like some sort of noodle dish. Do you dig in? Oh, yeah. Okay. Baby boy Schmidt takes a bite of the noodles, and they're scrumptious. Uh, he looks down at his fork to take another bite, and uh, instead of regular noodles, what he sees is a writhing plate of blue and red tentacles. Then what? his vision changes. What? He is no longer a small child in Goldenrod City. Uh, his eyes are closed, and he feels like he's in a state where he doesn't really know what's going on. Please roll a perception check with normal Schmidt stats. Uh, the, uh, uh, 13. 13, okay. There's a couple things that Schmidt notices. One, there is a pressure on his chest. He's laying on his back. His eyes are not open. He's incredibly disoriented. He feels a pressure on his chest. With uh, It is, without a doubt, Quacko. With, there's no question that Quacko the Farfetched is standing on top of Schmidt, perhaps protecting him or standing guard or something. Um, with your other perception, you hear uh, machines whirring and beeping softly. It seems like it is not a stressful situation besides the fact that you are not sentient of particularly what is going on. And you hear just loose, basic conversation of, of adults. And uh, it's clear you're in your normal adult Schmidt body uh, currently. And they're murmuring and, and you hear one of them say uh, something, something. We don't have any medical records. Then you hear some, someone else say something, something. Okay, well, we'll just have to do our best with default protocol. Then there's some murmuring, and and as they say, does it? Does anyone know where he's from? And they're discussing amongst themselves, and and then they say, uh, a, a new voice pipes up, and she says, "Wait, I recognize the design on the cape. Give me a second. And there's footsteps, and they scurry out of the room. Uh, Schmidt once again loses consciousness, and he comes too. Uh, Schmidt, you're in school. Uh, your uniform is a little snug on you as you're in the middle of your teenage growth spurt. In your hands, you're folding a purple piece of paper into the shape of uh, of a paper airplane that is a Gligar. Uh, on top of a sky blue binder on your desk that says, History. Um, you're in the middle of the classroom. There are seats arranged in like a in like an 8x8 eight eight square. Uh, where are you going to throw this little paper Gligar? I'm in the classroom? Mm-hmm. You're in the classroom, the teacher's speaking. You fold it up a little. I mean, you don't have to throw it, but you have a little paper airplane that's designed for throwing. Uh, and I'm wondering where you want to throw it. <clears throat> is the teacher watching? Not right now. Her back is to you, and she is uh, writing on the board. She's saying something. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find, like, a bully in the room. Okay. I'm going to throw it to him. Cool. What's the bully's name? Uh, fuck. You don't have to. I just am curious if you have one. I there was one in New Girl that specifically bullied Schmidt. Look it I up. Cannot remember. Yeah, his name. look it up. It's worth it. Benjamin. 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 That's, That's his, his name. name. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Just pick a direction. Uh, I'm gonna say I'm like. I don't know. I'm thinking like anime classroom in my head, so it's like just windows onto the left side. Yep, and that's exactly on like the far row left. Yeah. <laughs> it's on the far left, so you can look out the window. So it's to the right. Okay, I'm gonna great. say the bully's like second row, second seat. Okay, make a dexterity check for throwing it with half of Schmidt's current dexterity modifier. Oh, that's a 19. That was so close. That's to pretty it. good. Almost a crit. Yeah. Schmidt throws it. Uh, Benjamin is currently looking down at his uh, his papers. He's not taking notes. He's clearly doodling something. Maybe something inappropriate. 
um, your little paper airplane Gligar uh, smacks directly into his face and he gets all uh, he gets all disgruntled. He says, who threw that? And he makes a bit of a commotion because he's he's a bit of a of a buffoon, a bit of an idiot. Uh, and you are pestering him on purpose because he's mean. Um, this draws the attention of the teacher. Uh, she turns around and she makes a roll. She says, okay, settle down, you all. And she doesn't particularly notice anything that happened, but she has grown a little suspicious. And so uh, she calls on you. She says, Schmidt, you've been a good student. You've been paying attention. What is the capital of the Kanto region? Uh, 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 can I roll history? Sure. <laughs> Does Schmidt have his proficiency modifier at this point? I don't think so. Okay. Uh, I rolled a nine. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, it is between four cities. It is either uh, Pewter, Saffron, Cerulean, or Celadon. Oh, where did the train in Johto take you? I can't tell. I'm trying to remember. Was that in Saffron? Uh, you know the, what I'm talking the about? The magnet train went from Golden yeah. to Saffron, and Schmidt would know that. Yeah, I'm going to say Saffron, because that's okay. probably the only one he knows. <laughs> okay. Um, the teacher receives your answer, and she says, Very good, Schmidt. You've been paying attention. Uh, the capital is currently Saffron. However, 200 years ago during the Jotonian Revolution, it was Celadon. It was, it was strategically relocated during the war. Um, she turns back to the board, and you can see that uh, ben, uh, Benjamin is still kind of like being like, he's being all upset, and uh, some some cute girls are are giggling who who saw what happened, and Schmidt played it off so cool. Another good day for very cool teenager Schmidt. Uh, roll a perception. That one was lower than the last. That was an eight. Okay, that's fine. As Schmidt is right by the window, he just kind of smiles because he's so cool. And he he looks outside, and then all of a sudden, uh, in a moment, the 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 sky just goes dark, and then there is a uh, giant flashing careening meteor that falls through Goldenrod City and smashes through the radio tower and lands right outside the window. Uh, everyone, uh... <laughs> everyone in the classroom is totally shook and startled, and Schmidt sees an eerie figure begin to emerge from the meteor, and then his consciousness ends. Uh. Schmidt finds himself once again with his eyes closed, feeling groggy, feeling a little uncomfortable. Give me another perception check. <laughs> Six. The rolls just keep going down. That's totally fine. <laughs> Schmidt hears concerned voices, no particular words from the familiar voices that he heard before. And he hears one voice uh, that is familiar. Uh, familiar not only that he recognizes it, but familiar in the sense that it is familial. Um, but he can't make out any of the particular words. Uh, he feels um, like tubes in his nose to help him breathe. And uh, besides the pressure on his chest that comes from Quacko, uh, there is no new particular sensations or information. And Schmidt feels weird and bad, and he's got drugs in his system, and who knows what's actually happening. Um, Schmitz opens his eyes again and he finds himself in the sixth floor office in downtown Goldenrod at his job. Um, he stands up from his desk and straightens his light blue tie, gets out of his office chair to go get some more coffee. He goes over to the little coffee kitchen water cooler area 
and uh, his boss Julia is there. Julia says, "Schmidt, you gonna have those reports for me by Thursday?" Uh, uh, yeah, I'm totally on it. I got this. You know me, I'm Schmidt. Roll, roll a charisma. <laughs> What'd you get? <laughs> I can't. <laughs> it's a crit in one direction. I don't know which. Feels <laughs> in that one. <laughs> That's great. She says, uh, Schmidt, I can tell when you're lying. This isn't going to look good for our numbers. Your performance hasn't been great this season. We're really behind. We got we, you. Got to get to work here. And she like grabs your mug and pours your coffee for you. As <laughs> Schmidt is like embarrassed that he couldn't pass this one off, she can't help but smile as she looks at uh, Schmidt, who uh, is not very persuasive, but is still nonetheless very charming. There's a lot of women in this office, and uh, they all kind of giggle as they hear this interaction and Julia hands you your coffee and says, now get back to work, Schmidt. I have big expectations for you. Oh shit. I need to respond. I think Schmidt's just embarrassed and he just runs away. Yeah. (laughs) Like the first opportunity to get out of there. He's just, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Schmidt returns to his cubicle. Uh, it has a nice window view. Um, when you imagine Schmidt at work, what do you think he's working on? I don't think he's working on shit. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think he's making more Gliger paper airplanes. <laughs> There's a reason his performance hasn't been good, huh? <laughs> make a make a dexterity check to fold one. You can't make this shit up. Yeah, what'd you get? <laughs> Not twenty, <laughs> dude. Hell yeah, um, <laughs> Schmidt makes like the greatest paper airplane. He's been practicing ever since he was a, a school kid, um, and he folds it up. And he throws it, and as he does so, his hair flies back, and his tie whips back over his shoulder. And uh, he, it, it, it's, um, it's a little as if he has some sort of uh, hero's bravado in his genes or something, because uh, the 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 air around him seems to pulse and glow <laughs> as he throws the greatest paper airplane of all time. Uh, w- yeah, hold on, net twenty. I'm trying to think where this goes. Yeah, it soars like a big old circle around the office um even julia's a little impressed (laughs) she's like oh wow (laughs) and it flies out the window uh if schmidt gets up to see it soars out of the building directly down uh to street level and then across the street and it bumps right into nick schmidt's roommate as he's entering the gym to start his uh, gym trainer shift i was about to say please tell me it's benjamin again Oh no no no! That'd be awesome. No, different kind of person. Um, yeah, yeah, gotcha. Uh, it actually pokes the back of Nick's head kind of significantly, and he's got like a little paper cut bleed. And he turns around and says, "What the fuck?" And he like looks around. He can't see where it came from, and he like doesn't recognize it. And he clutches a pokeball on his belt that uh, past day Schmidt doesn't have any potential any any recognition of but current day schmidt knows this ball has quacko in it he walks through the gym doors and the doors close and schmidt is standing at his office window schmidt returns to his desk to maybe work to maybe not work he takes a sip of his coffee 
And as he puts the mug to his face, his vision once again goes dark. We're back at present day Schmidt. Schmidt now feels some different sensations. Roll a perception check. Uh, Ten. Ten. Okay. Uh, improvement from the last one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Schmidt notices that uh, the pressure from Quacko is no longer on his chest and his clothes are unfamiliar. Uh, in fact, he feels naked except for perhaps just a, a scrub or something. He feels like he's got even more kind of machinery around him, more faint beeps, just more gentle murmurs of of medical professionals, uh, presumably. And someone is holding onto his right hand, uh, a, a kind of coarse, uh, masculine, uh, caring hand is holding onto Schmidt's hand. And uh, he has kind of a phantom perception of his left hand, uh, like he could wiggle the fingers even though he can't move the rest of his body. But as he does so, he doesn't get any kind of proprioception from it. Like there's no like brain synapse that comes back. Um, he can't make out any conversations. Uh, he just knows that something is happening. Once again, perhaps for the last time, Schmidt reawakens. He is on a beach in the middle of the ocean. Waves are crashing. There are big rocks all over the place. Uh, Wingles are, are squawking in the sea, and he is standing at the foot of a gargantuan tower, taller than perhaps the radio tower in Goldenrod City. It is massive. Uh, it is made completely of stone. It is a stone that is bleached from the sun. Uh, it has kind of inscriptions and holes for windows that ascend perhaps 30 or even more stories. Um, he's standing in front of the door, and he feels compelled to enter. Does Schmidt actually enter? Yes. Okay. Schmidt goes in. Uh, he's wearing his cape. He uh, has some a little more bristle on his beard than usual. Uh, he walks in and sees uh, a, a beautiful series of ancient murals that look very familiar to the ones found in Draconid Village um, that depict just stories of, of ages past. Uh, there are staircases that spiral just directly upwards, but there's also parts of the floor that seem to be giving out due to time. Um, give me a dexterity check with an additional plus three on whatever Schmidt has. Thirteen. Thirteen. That's pretty mm. good. Schmidt nimbly navigates these stairs. Um, he hears the sound of pod, uh, plodding webbed feet behind him. Um, as he's marching up the stairs, he turns around and there he sees Quacko. Uh, Quacko is following him and makes eye contact and gives a very sincere kind of focused nod uh, as if they, they know what mission they're on. Um, give me a perception check. 14. 14, yeah. Um, Quacko, this is not news for this version of Schmidt, but current sleepy Schmidt uh, recognizes that Quacko's leak looks very different. Uh, it looks kind of serrated and almost kind of shiny in a way, um, and it seems like a very formidable weapon. Um, he marches up and continues to see these abstract murals, and the wind is starting to howl from inside. Uh, there are Pokemon that are residing here, uh, Pokemon that Schmidt recognizes from the desert, little spinning ball toy that make eye contact with Schmidt and uh, move out of the way quickly. There's little ghostly gremlin Pokemon. They're little purple bipedal guys with gems for eyes, and uh, they grin at Schmidt and they they scurry off into the corner. Schmidt continues his ascent. He's going higher and higher. Make another dexterity check. Am I still doing the additional plus three? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that one was a sixteen. Sixteen. Okay. Pretty good. Um, Schmidt 
uh, encounters kind of a ladder. There's a section that where a ladder has been installed because the, the stairway has completely given out, has completely crumbled. Schmidt is moving at a pretty good clip. Um, he begins to climb up the ladder, and he notices that as he exchanges hands on the ladder runs, uh, he sees his uh, strong uh, man-like, I don't know how to describe it, um, right arm. And as he climbs, he sees a mechanical, glowing, metallic left arm with kind what? of uh, <laughs> kind of talon-like fingers that grabs onto the ladder as he continues to ascend. He gets to seemingly the top of the tower after like 15 minutes. It has been a long climb, but he's not particularly out of breath. It's almost as if he's done this climb before. Uh, he steps forward to the, to an altar that's at the top of the tower, and there is a hooded figure behind him that steps forward. In, in a female voice, you can't see her face. Uh, she starts rushing towards Schmidt, uh, and she says, It's time to make your choice, lore keeper. You turn back around, and the altar is no longer present at the top of the tower. It is simply a darkness, just, simp- just complete darkness. In a fork to your left... There's Quacko standing there. This is not like the Quacko with the new sword that you are having in your dream. This is like the Quacko that you know and love. In the middle of this fork, uh, there is Deoxys in its base form, just staring at Schmidt. To the right of the fork, there is Symmetra, Sam. But there is something different about her. Schmidt has to make a choice as to which path he will take. Holy fuck. Um, what does it mean, though? I think I go for Quacko every time. Okay. Schmidt, as all good adventurers do, goes left and uh, embraces Quacko from the darkness. Uh, The woman who is chasing him runs forward, runs through Deoxys. As she runs forward, um, an immense green and black and yellow stripe flies through her body and just eviscerates Deoxys. Its body just completely falls apart um, and is consumed by darkness. In in the far corner on the right side, Schmidt recognizes Sam standing alone. Roll a perception. That one was a four. Four. Okay. Four is kind of low. Sam looks at Schmidt and says some words. The only one that is made out to Schmidt is help. And uh, her face is kind of shrouded, and it looks somewhat unfamiliar. Right after she says these words, giant shadowy claws emerge from the darkness and wrap around her body and pull her downwards, and she disappears. Schmidt then awakens, this time for real. He is incredibly groggy, but his eyes are actually open and working. Give me one more final perception check. That's an eight. Okay, eight is fine. Uh, it'll get you your minimum of maybe no extra details. Um, Schmidt, to his right, he sees his grandfather, Walker. He is smiling, and he his eyes are kind of glassy. He's got tears in his eyes. And he says, Schmidt, you're going to be okay. It's so good to see you awake. Um, do you have any response to this? In my head, Schmidt like tries to talk and say something, but then he just starts coughing. Yeah, that is probably what would happen. Yeah, Schmidt is like seated upright in a in a hospital bed. Um, alongside Walker is Skarmory, and Skarmory looks like kind of weirdly different. Walker's Skarmory, the interesting draconic looking Skarmory. 
a, a nurse witnesses you wake up and goes to grab a doctor. The doctor approaches you, Schmidt, and says, glad you're awake. Please take your time. You're probably going to be groggy for a while. Thanks to your cape, we identified your relationship with the Draconids, and we were able to send for help for a family member. Um, and Walker here was very, very generous. We were concerned about, and he puts his hand on your shoulder, on your left shoulder, and you can see that Schmidt's left arm up to his shoulder is gone. It has been replaced. The doctor says, you suffered incredible injury protecting the child, and we had no choice but to uh, create it, to, to do an amputation. How, however, walk, when we were worried about getting a prosthetic from Mava, it would have taken several days, and we would have had to keep you under for too long. It would have been dangerous, but uh, Walker arrived and provided us with uh, the materials that we needed. And you can see that uh, Skarmory has shed multiple of its feathers, and they have been fashioned into Schmidt's new prosthetic on his left arm. <laughs> it's very cool looking, and I would like to give you your own flavor for it as well. Um, the metal that it is made out of, it's like a, it's metallic steel, but it glistens against light in kind of a reddish purplish way. Uh, you can add whatever fucking flavor you want because it is your character. I would also like to add to your character sheet. After two more long rests, Schmitz will get plus two to strength and plus two to constitution permanently. He's got to sleep it off, though. His dexterity for anything involving his left hand will be at disadvantage until he crits with a, a dexterity check. Normal dexterity checks with the rest of his body are fine. If he's doing something with his left hand, it will be at disadvantage. Do you have all of that noted? Working on it. I will remind you on the two more long rests, uh, if you wish. But Schmidt just kind of has to like recover a little bit. This is the this, type of bonus uh, that if it takes your modifier ab or your score above 20, that is okay. It will not be limited at 20. Schmidt is clearly experiencing a lot of emotions right now. Uh, it is at this moment that there is a rustling from the other side of the medical curtain. Um, and Quacko, with his webbed feet, um, gleefully leaps on top of the bed and uh, looks at Schmidt and gives him a sign of bird affection, which is maybe a bird hug. I don't know what that looks like. Um, but Quacko clearly never left uh, Schmidt's side during this whole process. Uh, Walker and Skarmory look very pleased. Uh, the the medical personnel are uh, someone's fetching a wheelchair and the doctor's asking if you have any questions. Uh, uh, how the fuck do you react on the situation? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think Schmidt's just like still in disbelief. Like, kind of, you can see like his eyes are wide and like his eyes are maybe shaking a bit, and he's like kind of freaking out, like trying to move his arm around and still like not oriented to something. You can see he's like on the verge of tears, but like not quite there yet. Yeah, you know. Give me, give me a dexterity check. Disadvantage, actually. Disadvantage. That's a four. Nice. Yeah, that's super low. Or no. Do I still count my modifier? You do. You do. Then that's a seven. Yeah. Okay, still. Very good. Yeah, Schmidt kind of gets oriented with his new body part. It's a little strange. It's a little weird. Uh, Schmidt doesn't have the kind of uh, like tensile muscle proprioception that you usually do with your body. Uh, and his he kind of controls his fingers, um, and they move in a, not a natural way, but it feels like the grip is very strong. Um, I wanted to pitch this to you because I'm kind of curious. Uh, how many fingers does this mechanical hand have? 
would hope all five. Okay, that's fine. Um, Schmidt notices that on the end of each five of these fingers, um, rather than there being any nails or anything, there's like just ever so slight kind of like bird-like talons, just as a result for the natural <laughs> weave from Skarmory's uh, blades that the that the arm is made out of. <laughs> it looks kind of fucking sick. <laughs> and if you have any flavor for it like uh you are welcome to give it uh but you can take your time to decide on what exactly it looks like Uh-oh. this is uh this is what you rolled on the table uh it wasn't a check it was a table uh this is something that occurs in D often that i feel like maybe i haven't been doing enough but when people are knocked unconscious from a specific event sometimes it makes a permanent injury um and the one that you rolled was left arm so it has been replaced all right <laughs> Uh, a nurse arrives with a wheelchair, and Ed, Ed, you're welcome to to move to it if you so wish. Do you do uh, so, or do you just hang out yeah, for longer? Sure. Okay. Schmidt has the is weak, but has the mobility to get into it. I think Schmidt now he's like starting to uh, like come to when he's starting to remember everything. So he's going to start asking about everyone. It's like, where's the kid? Where's where's Elodie? Where's where's Cindy? Where's Gimli? Okay. Are you asking anyone in particular? The doctor Walker, just whoever is there. Okay. The medical personnel look at each other and they say, we aren't sure what happened from the accident. We know that you're the only one who experienced significant injury. We can only assume that the names that you've mentioned are the the group you were traveling with are being held in custody at the Duford Town Police Department. Do you have any other questions? Nope, that's fine. Okay. Walker and his kind of seemingly more naked skarmory as it is missing some of its wing blades escort you out of the hospital with quacko on your lap you get outside and you are greeted with a sea breeze it is also nighttime it's probably like 9 p.m how many days it's been you are not sure um additionally right as you step outside whoosh um a flash of light blue and fluffy white patricia has arrived and uh, oh. she also displays some sign of bird affection to you. I don't know what that potentially looks like, but she is with you. I like to think we just kind of, uh, I don't know. I think she would know I'm hurt. Yeah. But I think Schmidt will kind of like try to collapse on her. <laughs> That's fair. Like uh, a big fluffy hug. Yeah. So out of the wheelchair, perhaps. Yeah. Okay. Roll roll an easy check for Patricia. Uh, Strength, I guess. DC 10. 13. Okay, great. Yeah, um, Schmidt gets out of the wheelchair um, and leaps into Patricia's fluffy wings, and uh, they're very soft and very comfortable. Uh, Walker says, your Altaria was waiting here all night. Uh, it seems like they knew where you were. That's awesome. That's great. It seems like Schmidt is able to to locomote. He's able to walk. He is just feeling a little weak. Walker gives him his clothes, as well as like a change of clothes. Um, Walker gives him uh, a perhaps one of walker's pieces of clothing it feels like a traditional draconid garb um it's a lawn sleeved shirt it's kind of uh, a tunic of sorts and he also gives schmidt a pair of gloves really really nice like black like dragon hide gloves and he says uh you know you, you never know you might want to protect your identity or maybe it feels cold or i i'm, I'm not sure uh, we we had an elder who had a prosthetic, and uh, <laughs> he always complained about it getting being able to tell when it was going to rain. So I don't know if you if 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 this will help. And he gives you just a bunch of clothing. Okay, Schmidt's uh, just gonna 
just humbly accept it and say thank you. Right. Walker says, I heard about what happened. I, I'm not sure uh, what your plan is. It seems like this is a pretty small town, and not only were they not equipped with a prosthetic, but uh, I'm not sure about the... Uh, I, I think the Drachnid Village has a more established police presence, so uh, I, I'm not sure if you want to go check in with your friends there, or I wouldn't blame you if you just feel like you need to get out, but you are a little injured, so I'd recommend you take it easy. Uh, I, I wouldn't want you to push yourself. He's basically asking, what does Schmidt want to do from here? Yeah, I think Schmidt would want to go check on his friends, but I okay. don't know if that messes with your like timeline. No, of not at all. This is the end of okay. the of the excursion. So. Gotcha. Uh, Schmidt's also going to ask for bandages to keep around his metal arm. Oh, because like, he kind of wants to keep that hidden. Yeah. Okay, sure. In addition to the long sleeve shirt that's been given. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, I forgot that it was a long sleeve shirt. Yeah. No, no, it's fine. We, I mean, do you want to do both? We can do both. That's fine. Yeah, I was thinking it was like, like cut at the shoulders, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, so he like Schmidt... a, like, a, like uh, this guy, Yu Yu Hakusho. Oh, let me see. Oh, something like that. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. Um, that with like the cape too. Yeah, sure. Yeah, Walker says, yeah, absolutely. And he like goes in and procures some. Doesn't take very long at all. Um, and he helps you bandage it up. Uh, you're welcome to also put on the long sleeve shirt or not. And Schmidt probably has long sleeve shirts too. It doesn't really matter. Um, but you also have gloves now as as well, if you like that Walker's given you. Walker has to return the wheelchair. It was just for the the release. It's not one to keep. And Schmidt is able to move. He's fine. Walker says, "Well, I'm going to have to return to the village. Tomatoma is waiting there, and you know we have a very important job to do. We can't have too few of us there. So, uh, I th- I think Scarborough and I are going to head back. But uh, if you need anything, you know where to find me. Yes, sir. Thank you. I I would like to apologize. I think I spoke a little rudely to you last time we met." But um, I really, I really appreciate all this and everything you've done for me and my friends. He says, don't worry about it. Don't mention it. It's what family does. And uh, he goes to give you a hug and he will depart from there. Schmidt reciprocates the hug with just one arm, like the not metal one. Oh, cool. Because <laughs> cool, he cool, still cool. doesn't know the, 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 the limits of it yet. Yeah. Awesome. Walker kind of gives a wave and he departs. He heads north. Schmidt isn't standing in Duford Town. Is there anywhere he wants to go that's not the police station? Uh, I guess we gotta check on my friends and get a game plan. Okay. Schmidt does that. And if you have no other flavor or anything to add, that's where we will stop.